Jose pushes Pep um, to second in, in one of the seasons. Jose gets um, a League Cup. Jose gets a Europa League Cup. And even then, we were not happy with that. So we got, I don't know if Oli's a step up, but we got something different, something more of the United cloth, more of the United um, fabric. Now, we, we, we did three, we made it to three semifinals last season. We didn't win them. But there is a sense that United are getting better. They're getting within touching distance of the new, of the Liverpools and the Manchester, Manchester Cities. We are now on the verge of winning the Europa League. We're, we're, we're just about guaranteed to finish second in the league. And now you want to protest. It's, it's almost like, for me, at the wrong time. If you want to do it, do it back then in the Mourinho reign, back then in the Louis van Gaal reign. But right now, when things are about to get better, and it's almost like you guys are not satisfied. And I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated, and still... I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Tour Front as the days are getting colder, but we are only delivering hot content as we do. I greet you in. I maintain that Jay-Z did not get murdered on Renegade. Maybe in the minority here, but Chuck, I maintain he was second best. But he was not murdered on that track. No, no, so Chuck. Let, let me school you. The line is Eminem murders you on your own track. And then uh, then Nas went on to murder him with Ether. He cannot maintain nothing. Donna Chiga was slaughtered. It's slaughtered. in hindsight. It's, it's in hindsight that we want to save Chiga. But in the heat of the moment, when the battle was hot, everyone knew what Ether was and the weight that it carried. So, Jay, there's nothing to maintain in the case of Chiga. Ether, my, yes. On Renegade. Chuck on Renegade. On Renegade? Yes, Eminem did not slaughter Jay-Z on Renegade. He was just better, but he didn't slaughter him. Okay, I have to agree with you there. Okay. But 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 I'll tell you this. On initial impact, M is nice. But when you listen to the song a couple of times, you're like, hold on. Jigga's on to something. And yeah. For the grown and mature. You see, you need, you need, we needed to grow up a little more to absorb it. But anyway. So, so this for us back in 05 or whenever. To Old Trafford we go. To Old Trafford went 10,000. Manchester United fans and a couple of hundred or maybe just a hundred made their way into Old Trafford having broken into the training ground a week or so prior to that broke into Old Trafford as a young man we saw on screen who was on the net like texting his friends probably to watch him on the Manchester United uh, goal so Manchester United fans were protesting Glazers out, obviously, this past weekend, which caused a postponement to the Liverpool match, right? Mm-hmm. And this is probably the height of protesting against owners that we've seen thus far. So my question to you, Chuck, particularly as a Manchester United fan, do you think the fans have a case in terms of everything that is wrong with Manchester United comes down to the Glazers? Um, look, I, I think because they, they had a similar protest um, where they wanted the Glazers out, I think in 2010 or 2009, some sometime, like a while ago. Um, and that didn't gather traction, right? And they did that. Um, I'm building up my case here to answer you finally. 
and I think because of the Super League and and, and um, fans um, protesting outside Chelsea Stadium and the the Liverpool game and all these things, I felt that fueled the reaction of the United fans. Which mind you, but okay, fine. We've got proof that you don't care about uh, United, and we want to do something about it. So I do think if there is no Super League, they never protest this loudly. Um, I don't think they you, you gather ten thousand people to to outside Old Trafford to to protest against the Glazers. But to answer your question, Jay, I don't, I, I can't, I can't clearly point my finger and say they've done something wrong. There's been a series of events that, when you look at United, they could have been in a better position if such, if if one or two things had fallen into place, and they just haven't. I mean, if 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 they were really to blame, I think as someone who's been vocal, Gary Neville would have said something over the years, and I don't think he has. He's always been saying to be patient. A rebuild is coming. We need the right manager. We need the right kind of players. He's never not once man- mentioned the owners. Not, so not him once, and Keane this yeah? past weekend yeah. backed back to the protests. They were they said that the fans basically um, did a good thing. Um, so they look to be on the side of the fans now, at least. Uh, but and I feel it's because Gary Neville had made statements, Bono Carica, which um, football is in the hands of the fans, and if they if they do something now and march against the Super League, they can make sure that they, they stop the Super League. And I think with that impetus and with that in their heads, the fans feel that, well, if we want the Glazers out, now's the time to strike that while the iron is hot. And Neville can't backtrack, not now, not when the Glazers were, were, were one of the key figures behind the Super League. So if he retracts his statement and says, well, actually, the fans should have gone about it in a different manner, he doesn't look like the Gary Neville of two weeks back or three weeks back. So I feel he has to stand by those statements. Okay, I'm not too sure Uti, where he stands. He can say whatever he says, but I don't know, man. I don't think they, they, they are fully behind the fence. So if you were in England, would you have been part of those protests? Or would you have just stayed at home because what are you guys doing? No, I definitely would have stayed at home, Jay, because as now, I feel... This is an analogy that <laughs> was in my mind. You know that episode, yeah, 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 Poontalks? I think, I think it's either um, a ninja moment or it's the trial of Robert Kelly. Mm-hmm. Where at the end, um, he was like, we can't blame everything on the white man. Like, yeah. what am I saying? Of course we can. I feel the the, 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 the fans of United are thinking, we can't blame everything on the Glazers, but they're like, of course it must be their fault. Why are we here? Because yeah. for me, Jay, <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint and, and like see a, a, a clear paper trail or, or, or evidence in, in 2010 or in 2015 or in 2020, we could have been better if we had not had the Glazers um, in, in control of the club. Because, yes, they do take money from the club annually, uh, I think to the tune of about 80 mil or whatever. But United are like top three or top five richest sports clubs every other year, which means they can compete financially, number one. Number two, when Corona hit, United did not go into... What's the thing that Liverpool applied for? The government grant to aid them with, with, with their running of the club. That particular thing, right? And they never did that. And they were still active in the transfer market. Sure, we didn't get Sancho because they believed that Sancho was expensive. But I can't clearly say Uti, the players are in charge. Here's a bit of information that maybe a lot of people don't, don't know. Apparently, um, some say Uti, the, the we look at the, at the very beginning of it all you can somewhat point your finger in the direction of Sir Alex Ferguson. Well, Ferguson had somewhat beef with the previous owners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. those guys then put up the club on, on the stock market and they sold it. The Glazers come in having found a business opportunity to, to then own Man United and they buy again. And people are saying throughout the tenure and throughout United's um, spell having Ferguson as the trophy winning manager, he's never said anything bad about the Glazers. I like to wonder about Petit Sharp. So it's one of those things that, well, when things were going well, because 
I, 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 I vaguely remember when I was younger, Oguti United were taken over by the Glazers, and it was it was frowned upon. But I don't quite get why. And uh, I think even when the protests happened afterwards, I didn't quite see the weight of it or quite understand the context of it. It was always glazes out for the longest time. I mean, it's not the first time it's, it's, it's gone to its peak, I think, uh, at the current moment. But it's hard to point out here because when we were winning trophies, when I'm a Champions League, these voices weren't, weren't so loud. So the, the, the relationship between the glazes and the Manchester United fans feels like in terms of boiling over, it's always just beneath the surface. There is there is always an opportunity, or rather, if there is an opportunity that something may spark it, it will it will do so, and it's going to run wild, right? Mm. And the animosity, the animosity starts from when they actually take over the club, because the issue with that is the fact that when the Glazers took over Manchester United. They then used the club's um, assets as surety for the loans. So basically, they put Manchester United up as as as, as surety, their assets, mm-hmm. to buy Manchester United, right? So they did not buy Manchester United out of their own pocket. Rather, they made they they they, they plunged Manchester United into debt. And the thing yeah. about that, which I found out recently, is the fact that Manchester United had not been in any sort of debt since the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And the first time that they go into debt, and it is major debt at that, because ultimately the Glazers yeah. bought Manchester United for about eight hundred million pounds, and about six hundred million of that was was a loan. Right? This is two thousand five, two thousand and six. In twenty 2020, twenty, twenty twenty one, Manchester United are still half a billion pounds in debt. They are they are the only they are the only club who have that kind of debt, except for Tottenham, who have more debt than them. And the thing about Tottenham is Tottenham took out a loan to build a stadium. Mm-hmm. Manchester United are in a half a billion pound debt, but there hasn't been a new stadium. Mm-hmm. In fact, the the Glazers have not have not put any money towards refurbishing Old Trafford in in a way that you've seen with other clubs, where you've seen a Tottenham build a new stadium, um, where you see now a Real Madrid move out of their stadium to go play in, in, in a secondary stadium while they're refurbishing a major refurbishment, not just adding stands. Yeah, they did add some seats to Old Trafford, mm-hmm. like about a season after they came in. But when you look when you look at the financial side of it, in terms of what the ownership of Manchester United um, has, has, has had in terms of an impact, it has benefited um, the Glazers. And what Manchester United fans are angry about is that they are paying for these guys to be, to be, to be enriched, right? Mm. And I think it's exacerbated by the results, obviously. Because when you, when, you, when you consider the facts, Chuck, if the Glazers took over Manchester United in 2005-2006, that means that is a period just before United are about to go on a treble of Premier League titles. They're about to make three European Cup finals, one of which they win, two of which they lose against uh, Pep's Barca. So that is a glorious, it's a glorious time in the Manchester United history. And that is a time that coincides with the ownership of the Glaziers. But the thing about that period as well is that you had, you had, you had Gill, who was still the chief executive, and you had the great Sir Alex Ferguson, who was still the coach of Manchester United, mm-hmm. right? And... Those things made the, the made those animosities subside for a while, 
And then Sir Alex moves away. David Gill also steps away. And then you come into the period now where these guys are making football decisions for the first time in the ownership of Manchester United. And we have then the last, what, seven or eight years, which have been barren years for Manchester United. And I think, I think then when Manchester United fans are looking around as to who to point the finger to, they think to themselves, well, the buck must stop at the very top. And if we get these guys out, maybe we might get our Manchester United back. Interesting um, info that you lay there. And I, I see where, where the animosity is and why they blame them. Obviously, came to our club and you put us under debt. But yeah, what, what, I, what I want to counter with is the fact that United have been competitive in the, in the transfer market since the glaciers have come. I mean, we're the ones buying Paul Pogba for world record numbers. We're the ones who are bringing in U, U Van Persie for record numbers. We're buying Di Maria for record numbers. We're, we're, we're shelling out. We bought Maguire, world's most expensive defender, and as for Ine, but we, we had the money to do that. We can compete, right? The thing is, then, yeah, I'm claiming we're not always buying the best at the right time. Um, but that, that coincides with the fact that maybe they, they are a bit to blame because people are not fully trusting of Edward Wood because people are saying, what he in the deal to get um, maybe Eden Hazard, for instance. Um, but we ultimately hear Eden Hazard say, what I chose Charles because they're the defending European champions. But deals like that and getting, because us not getting uh, Eden Hazard meant that we got Shinji Kagawa in the end. And it, it, it snowballed into all the other things that we're not supposed to be um, the, the marquee signings, right? People are saying if David Gill was there, he gets the deal over the line, and uh, Woodward is not that good at negotiating soccer deals, right? But all the other business deals, marketing, sponsorships, he's great at. Jay, I want to point to the fact that, number one, Moyes, handpicked by Sir Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson, and the way Akuma Akona has got no influence from the Glaciers. He says it's a man I trust, he's got um, the, the, the credentials, the, the qualities of, of someone who can move this club forward. Fine, Moyes comes through. Moyes comes through, then he, he basically within, starts starts with his own coaching staff. For keeper Oh Matilson, who was I think the goalkeeping coach, if I'm mistaken, or one of the key figures in the backroom staff, starts afresh, right? And then he messes up his first transfer market, which I think derails his whole season. After that we get O Mourinho. Mourinho is a particular manager who we thought many were saying he doesn't quite fit the mold of a United manager, and of which I probably say he doesn't, because all along, oh, Ferguson was singing the song, Oguti, we don't always go to buy the most expensive player. I mean, the one thing that United brag about is that we always have a homegrown player somewhere in the squad. There's always a Rashford, there's always a McTominay that we, that we always have. We buy them while they're young. We're not always going for the Pogba's and splashing out money. That was the United model. But when people look at City, when they look at Barcelona, Real Madrid, they want to say, then, why aren't we doing that? When all along we've been saying, we are not the club that does that. And so... If, if we look at the Man United DNA and the Man United philosophy and how we play and how we do go about our business, I believe there, there are certain things that have gone wrong. And because of how we think we're supposed to do them, it's not an easy road back. So I think it's it's one of those things where it's just too easy to blame the Glaciers. Yes, they're at fault, but there have been a lot of factors. I mean, if we get a new stadium, who's to say we're not going to end up like, 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 like Arsenal? Things changed when Arsenal got to the Emirates. Things changed drastically. Whether it was money, whether it was the atmosphere of playing in that particular stadium, I don't know. But who's to say they're going to win? Tottenham took a while to win at that stadium, Jay. And Tottenham are still Tottenham, basically. So who's to say if we build a stadium? I mean, by the way, they did um, redo the United's change room, the home home team change room. The old, I think the away end is still the same for the away team. So I don't know, Jay. It's not, it's not clear for me to say, well, do you guys are at fault? Yes, yes, yes they keep becoming richer. 
but is the club slowing down? I don't think so. So, I ultimately am on board with what you're saying. Um, my thoughts, my thoughts in terms of United fans who want the Glazers out, or rather who are who are mad at the Glazers, is because, as I said, they need a villain to pin the things that have gone bad at United in the last few years um, on, right? Mm. Because the thing is, if you are a Manchester United fan under the age of forty, up to a point, you have never, you've never, you've never lived through years and years of Manchester United not being at the very top, either the best team in the land or one of the best two or three teams in the land, and consistently in the Champions League and consistently looking to go deep into a Champions League campaign. Mm. So. If your whole experience of Manchester United is the Manchester United of Sir Alex Ferguson, your 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 view of Manchester United is that they belong at the very top. This is why I had I'd said before that Manchester United fans have this idea that they've got a God-given right to the Premier League, for example, uh, because for years and years we saw perennially they were there challenging and winning, mostly winning. The, the Premier League for all those years under the Scot the, the Scot the Scotsman, right? Mm. So when you then remove that era and now it's 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 eight, as I'm saying it's it's seven years, eight years removed from that era and it get it's getting deeper and deeper. Another concerns are that United might become Arsenal. Mm. Even worse, they might become Liverpool, you know? And when you've lived through through the privilege of being a United fan and just the banter towards towards Liverpool for all those years and now recently Arsenal was something that you could not relate to, now that it's coming back around, it's it's uncomfortable. It's not something that you want to live with, especially when you look at the fact that in terms of the raw numbers financially, Manchester United are up there with Real Madrid, a Barcelona and Actually, in in, 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 in in context, they're in their own league, in the Premier League, but they're in the same league as a Manchester City, a Chelsea, and, and a Liverpool because of what those other three teams have been doing on the pitch. Mm. Like, Manchester United are still towards the very top in terms of... They're at the very top in terms of revenue of English teams because of the fact that they're Manchester United, right? Mm. And so, now, as a fan, what you want is that that must translate to actual wins and trophies on the field because ultimately yeah it's great that we make a lot of money but what we want to see as fans is that we want to see that money go back into the football team we want to see that reinvestment and the truth of the matter is there has been that manchester united have only been not spent by manchester city in the last 10 years mm -hmm. and that's problematic because if you're a manchester united fan and i point that out to you that well you have spent money because I've heard United fans saying, well, they're not backing the manager. I mean, how much more backing do you want beyond world record fees for Pogba, world record fee for a defender in Maguire, world record fee for the right back in terms of Juan Bissaka? What, what more needs to happen? Now you are, now the complaints this, this year, and I'm tired of, of, of hearing Manchester United fans whine about this because you just wow. spoke brats. <laughs> like, oh no, they didn't spend 100, 100 million, 100 million plus on, on Sancho. That's them not backing the manager. Are you serious right now? Like not spending a hundred million on a single player and looking to write that out to see if they can get a better deal maybe in the in the next offseason because no one else was coming in for Sancho and there are only but a handful of clubs who who are who are in on him and can afford him and Manchester United are still in the running so maybe you wanna you, maybe you wanna you, you wanna slow your roll and see how that plays out so ultimately I mean they the coaches have come and gone right we had Moyes we had Van Gaal we had Mourinho. We have Oli now, and for the longest time, in in, in terms of Oli's reign, there's been Oli out, right? Mm. 
So it's not like coaches, there's been a carousel of coaches coming and going, and that hasn't helped the situation. You've had the world record fees spent, as I said, that hasn't helped the situation. The only thing that you then can go back to is the ownership. And if I were to maybe level some blame at the ownership is that perhaps they're not making the right hires. Uh, because as you point out with Ed Woodward, yeah, he's great in 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 the in the in, in the boardroom, but not as great in terms of translating that into a a winning team. Mm. So now with him having stepped down, we'll see who 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 they hire to replace him. Maybe it's someone who's more knowledgeable in the game. Maybe an Edwin Van der Sar and all his success that he has had at Ajax, bringing it to Old Trafford. And if that happens. Maybe you give them another goal. You know what's what's a bit troubling. If I if I would put it that way, with with the current protest, maybe I w- wouldn't say troubling because it would sound like I'm defending the Glazers, but rather I'm just trying to compare facts and see what 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 are you actually angry about, right? So as you said, Ferguson's Katelu Moyes. Moyes comes into the job, doesn't quite cut it. Moyes gets fired. That's what you expect from a top tier club, right? That guy's underperforming, gets fired. Gets replaced by Louis van Gaal. We don't quite play the United way. The game becomes boring, pass sideways. We're not quite the attacking threat we used to be. But van Gaal has an FA Cup. There's something there, right? We're not happy with van Gaal. He gets fired. And what we do then is we hire the next best thing to to, to rival Pep Guardiola, right? Which is Jose Mourinho at the time. At least that's what we thought. Jose pushes Pep um, to second in in one of the seasons. Jose gets um, a League Cup. Jose gets a Europa League Cup. And even then, we were not happy with that. So we got, I don't know if Oli's a step up, but we got something different, something more of the United cloth, more of the United um, fabric. Now, we, we, we did three, we made it to three semifinals last season. We didn't win them. But there is a sense that United are getting better. They're getting within touching distance of the new, of the Liverpools and the Manchester, Manchester Cities. We are now on the verge of winning the Europa League. We're, we're, we're just about guaranteed to finish second in the league. And now you want to protest. It's, it's almost like, for me, the wrong time. If you want to do it, do it back then in the Mourinho reign, back then in the Louis van Gaal reign. But right now, when things are about to get better, and it's almost like you guys are not satisfied. I know there was the Super League. I know there was the Super League and the players are to blame. But... I mean, what 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 must we do? Because it seems like we're making progress. Must we dismantle everything and start again? Because what do the fans want exactly? They, they want the glazers out, and then what? Because I saw I saw I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pen of they want the fifty fifty plus one rule that was in, in Germany. Yeah, and I heard that it's not as uh, easy or as positive an idea as many take it for. Because one, sure, the fans have a, have a say in what happens, but. Fans can delay a whole lot of things, and they might not be on board with a lot of intuitive and new ideas that you want to you want to implement up until they see them working elsewhere. So you can't be at the forefront of football when you're when you're relying on fans because then it sort of slows down the progress that has been ma- made in the office. So if you've got these great and amazing ideas, run past the fans first. So it's got its drawbacks as well. As I said, um, the issue with Manchester United is fans is that they lived through the Sir Alex Ferguson era. Uh, and when you think about it, so Alex Ferguson won 13 Premier League titles, right? League mm. titles. The next person on that list is 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 Paisley, I believe, of Liverpool with six. So what happened in the in in the Ferguson era is unprecedented. It is the definition of unprecedented, and I think there needs to be a readjustment of expectations, particularly when you look at what then has happened around you. There are the competition is 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 much stiffer, um, even. 
um, in, much more than when United were winning their titles in, 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 in the 90s. In the 2000s, yeah, Chelsea did come up and City came up later on. Uh, I mean, so Alex only got, what, two two of, of, of the City great years where they've become this powerhouse of a football team. So we don't know how he would have done going forward. Um, definitely better than what it has been. But um, when you have a City who are coached by Pep Guardiola and you have a, a Chelsea who are as well run as they are, you know, and a Liverpool who've made a resurgence and you think to yourself, well, with Tottenham and the new stadium, okay, maybe not Tottenham, but with Tottenham, they they, they 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 may be there or there, but they had improved actually. Uh, jokes aside, um, they were there finishing in the top four on on a regular basis, right? Mm. And Arsenal, you think to yourself, with with their name brand, they will also some way somehow eventually find their way back to around the top. So the competition is tough, and they, the the that God given right is not something that is available now because it's hard to win in the EPL. It's hard to win in Europe, you know, um, and maybe United fans need to be a little more patient I'll, I'll finish off the Glazers point by saying there are owners of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over in the NFL in America and right now the Buccaneers are the defending Super Bowl champions and prior to them taking over the Buccaneers were the wor- absolute worst team in NFL history for years laughing stock of the league they took over and in what eight years they were winning the Super Bowl and sure and they went through a, a, a drought for a long time but they made the requisite moves, got one of the greatest players of all time into the team, and they are champions. So they have they have a track record, you know. Uh, and as I'm saying, they at least invest into the club, unlike the owners of some clubs that will not be mentioned. Arsenal? Not be mentioned. Chuck, what do you understand of that? Stan Kroenke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, other names that are that lead, lead led to the demise of Arsenal and, frankly, a whole lot of clubs around him. Kun Aguero, what a special time that guy has had in the EPL. I think if we don't have Sergio Aguero in Manchester City, I think maybe they have two less Premier League titles. Obviously, there's, a, there's the winning goals you can point directly to. That was his contribution. Um, and then I think all the goals that he's contributed over the years. I mean, they've... I mean, They've, they've been run close by a, a whole lot of good teams, but because of, I think because of Kun Aguero, he's been a big difference maker. And we know, and we've have, and we've, we've, we have known for a while, what he's going to retire, not retire, but leave Manchester City, Manchester City at the end of the season. Excuse me. Um, Jay, we, celebra- we celebrated him, we acknowledged him, but do you think that City are making a mistake? Um, because here they are going to a um, Champions League um, semi-finals, playing without strikers. They're, they're not playing. Um, Spanis, sure he was injured, but they've, if I could say, learned to play without him. Do you think they're better off with or without him? So, Sergio Aguero is the all-time leading goal scorer at Manchester City, right? Mm-hmm. Sergio Aguero also is a couple of goals away from holding the record for scoring the most EPL goals for one team. Mm-hmm. And he's got a strike rate which is comparable to Thierry Henry, which in terms of the guys who scored that amount of goals is is the best of, of, of on that list, along with Harry Kane. So Sergio Aguero has been a serious player in this league. He's been a serious player for Manchester City. He is arguably the greatest player of all time. And when he when he joined Manchester City, then that was a, okay, this is real. This project is now not made up of a Robinho who's signing you do not see 
come and it came out of the blue. It's not your Benjani's. Um, it's 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 not a collection of just the second tier of good players. You know, they're going for world class players, and he joined them when he was young, just before entering his prime, and he spent his prime at Manchester City, and he has delivered the goods for so many years. In the last year and a half, he has been hampered by injury. And when he has been on the field, a those handful of games that he's been on the field, he's not quite looked like the Sergio Aguero of old. But then, when you look at the at the at, at the performance and the goal, particularly um, in the part over the weekend against Crystal Palace, you think to yourself, maybe it's because he hasn't been on the field too long. Maybe he needs more game time. He needs more minutes under his belt at this level, and he's just going to go back to who he was. Because even if you if you, if, if you look at his age, sure, Sergio Aguero is 33 this year. But when you look at his contemporaries, these are guys who are staying, still banging in the goals at that age. I mean, Lewandowski is the same age and Lewandowski is on a tear right now in his career. This is the best period of his career. So you would think to yourself that maybe you want you want to persevere with Kuhn, you know. Mm. So the question of are they making the right decision, with everything that I've said, um, I would say no except for the fact that this is Pep Guardiola who's making that decision. This is a Pep Guardiola who has not played this entire season with a recognized striker leading the line week in, week out, game in, game out. And he is leading his team to the EPL title. And as we speak, also leading Manchester City to a Champions League final. Uh, the match is going on by the time of this recording. So, so when you look at that kind of success... And when you look at the fact that with Manchester City under Pep Guardiola, I mean, we were we were discussing this, Chuck, when we when we were watching that match over the weekend. That he makes eight changes, in the in the and that is the second team, right? Because he's resting his main players for what he reckons and what is obviously the more important of the games that they'll be playing in in, in that set of a couple of days, which is the second let's say semi final against PSG. So in his second team, so to speak, you have now out of the blue a Sterling. Sterling, who was arguably their best player last season and definitely top two of best player along with, with, with Kevin De Bruyne over the last three or four seasons, right? Mm-hmm. But then Pep is confident enough to make a call that, well, Sterling is not at that level right now and so I drop him. Same thing with Mares and with, with, with Bernardo Silva over on the right. They keep chopping and changing who, who plays there because of who is in the best form at the time same thing with john stones john stones was a forgotten man suddenly he's back in the team not only is he back in the team but he is ahead of an americ laporte who we considered was the main reason as to why city were so far off liverpool last season so pep makes these decisions and there's no one who knows their team more than pep and if pep makes the call that they don't need aguero moving forward I don't know if I can argue with that. But you, and, and I know it would probably be sacrilege and it would probably be us to say that Pep doesn't know his team. But this is the guy who brought John Stones back. This is the guy who signed Bravo and then is like, wait a minute, I don't like this keeper. Let me get U Ederson. This is the same guy who initially at the beginning of his reign didn't quite fancy Aguero. And Aguero had to play himself in because he had a U U U Jesus and that was his new shiny toy. And Aguero proved to be way better than U U U Jesus because... I mean, it's still, what, how I many seasons has he given City Jesus? Three or four. Still nothing special, nothing over Aguero. So I don't know, Jay, because this is the same guy who brings Stones back after Skati Alimele was leaning on Laporte. Laporte is no longer playing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
the, the large majority of his decisions are right because he wins trophies, so that that would um, definitely confirm what he's he knows what he's what he's doing. But I mean, he, he does all these odd things, Jay, because finally they're winning the league, but it's not a, a city kind of league, not at a canter. And when you look at the game against PSG, the first leg, because they don't have a recognized striker, they struggled a lot in the first half. Had a lot of the ball, but did nothing with it because no one's making that trigger run that, okay, I see you, I'm going to send the ball to you because Mario's probably thinking, let me pull wide. Foden's probably thinking, let me come in to get the ball. No one's thinking, let me try break the line and, and, and break your offside trap to get the ball because none of them are strikers. And I, and I do feel, Uti, maybe like like what Klopp tried to do with Utiago, add an extra dimension to how we play, I feel that Pep needs that. And I think because people are catching up to Manchester City, it's no longer that, that team that will romp regardless of what they've done with the season with the season this year. I feel with Liverpool, if they get back to Kala, United are, are there as well. We might count maybe a Leicester or maybe a Tottenham who are there who are going to try press them till the very end. You might need to try something new. And I think, I mean, how, how many top-class strikers are available at this point? You might want to say Haaland, but we don't know if he's going to move. Well, not many. And even in the case of Haaland, uh, Pep has been on the record as saying that they are not going to make any signings for strikers. Which then was the confusing bit when you wonder then why let Aguero go. Excuse me. So one of the things I was thinking about is like, well, well if he's out of, out, out of contract and then you just bring him back on, you know, sign him mm. on for another year. The tricky thing about that, and, and this is how I was thinking about it, that Manchester City recently became, uh, well, they crossed over the threshold of 350 million pounds in terms of the the wages right mm -hmm. and when you bring Aguero back you're not bringing him back for free you have to pay him and if if Pep maybe even on the advice of the medical personnel who have worked closely with Aguero and know where he is physically mm -hmm. and where he can get to and what the limitations are from here on going forward if the advice is that well the issues that he has are issues that he's going to struggle with maybe even more going forward you have seen the best of Aguero. Pep, along then with the rest of the decision makers at Manchester City, come to a point where they decide that we don't want to be paying this guy to just be on on, on treatment table, you know? Mm -hmm. And then the decision is made to let him go as well. Because as you say, like, yeah, this is not the centurions of Pep in terms of how they're playing. This team is not at their absolute peak. But they are winning. They are back on winning ways. You know, I was, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now. You know how the 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 talk around Liverpool was that the one thing that they do not have is a midfielder uh, who is good on the ball in terms of his his spraying passes, um, in terms of linking up play, in terms of dictating the tempo from midfield, breaking down teams who sit in a low block. Someone like um, Thiago, right? But perhaps. Liverpool, the way that they are built, they did not need a guy like that in midfield. Perhaps their midfield does need, just need guys like Wijnaldum. It does just need guys like Henderson, guys who are just going to be there in the engine and working hard. Guys like a Milner, who still is on the team for those very reasons, you know. So if Pep, looking at his team, uh, recognizes that, well, we play just as well, maybe not just as well, but we we are able to reach the targets that we've set our, for ourselves without a striker, and they have done what they've done this season, which has been a pretty successful season and may turn out to be the most successful season under Pep without much, if any, contribution from Aguero. Then 
the Spaniard can make that call that they don't have much need of him. I I I I, I would keep him, um, but it's 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 hard to argue against Pep's decisions for his team. Um, he's not like the other coaches where we're looking at and like, what the hell are you doing? I think if it's if it's for medical reasons, then it's justified. We're not going to get much football from him, then it's justified. But I think in terms of getting options and and your your style of play. I'd keep him. I mean, now United is of full Jones. Why not keep Aguero? And this is why the fans at Manchester United are protesting. <laughs> because why are we keeping? <laughs> why are we keeping a full Jones? I still think we're, we're protecting full Jones. I, I still, I'm, I'm of that opinion. Um, so let's let's move on swiftly. Um, I'm, I'm going to move on, like from straight from Mourinho to Benny. Mourinho's hired by Roma. Next season, Roma have a new coach. It's Mourinho. Solid. Uh, no, wait. What do you make of that hire? Quickly. Uh, I, f- I feel Mourinho's finally at his level. Uh, coach Lapo and, and build his name again. It's crazy to me. This, for me, actually cements the fact that of where Mourinho is in his career. Tottenham, in comparison to a Chelsea and Manchester United, second tier. Roma, in comparison to Juventus, AC Milan, and Inter Milan, maybe Inter Milan and Juventus of, of recent uh, times, Roma are second tier. And I, I, I feel for guys like Spinazzoli, I feel for guys like Pelle, Pellegrini, and and even a guy like Mkhitaryan has to play under Mourinho again. Yeah. And and, and um, Smalling also has to play under Mourinho again. Yeah. They must be thinking to themselves, what have we done in this life to deserve this, mm. you know? And I don't know what Roma's ambitions are, but they probably cannot do much better than Mourinho in terms of who's out there on the market for the level that they are at. But that will be interesting to see because the last time we saw Mourinho in Italy, he was winning a treble. That was way back when Mourinho was still was. good, when he had Fox to pair, but now he cannot do that at all. And and, 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 and and the Serie is a little different than the Serie that he left, but in terms of the style of play, you think traditionally it suits um, teams in in in, in the Syria are so maybe he might not get as many complaints over there as the he did in England. And all that stuff. Yeah. We interrupt now your regular listening to put forth this disclaimer. The following conversation surrounding Bafana Bafana and Benny McCarthy was recorded prior to the announcement of Hugo Bros as the next coach of the South African men's national team. And this was still at a time when Benny McCarthy was the sole name given and rumored to be the next head coach of Bafana Bafana. Back to your regular listening. All right. Um, so moving along to Benny. Oh, Benny, uh, rumors are, uh, has not been cemented, uh, he'll take the Bafana job, but rumors are that Bafana Bafana are eyeing Benny McCarthy to take the hot seat and lead Bafana Bafana for however many years he's handed him to. Um, Benny McCarthy in his first year for Amazulu has done wonders. Amazulu are currently are they top? Uh, Sundance caught up. Amazulu are second. They're second. Uh, because, they were. They went. They Paris. went top. Was the first team to get to fifty points, which is a significant mark in the PSL. But with, with with pirates pulling a pirates against Sundowns, Sundowns are back on top of the league. Move away from the mic. Thank you. <laughs> He's trying to say stuff about pirates. Anyway, um, so. Um, that's that's number one if we could say recognition of his good work um, because Amazon were nowhere. Everyone knows Amazon is a mid-table team. They 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 don't touch top two ever. No coach no don't touch top two. And Oshai project Nyana that's a bit like a Conte where he's got um, all these former names and old crocs coming together to build something special. And just like Inter Milan won the Serie A 
I think he's challenging for the PSL title as well. Question is, Jay, should he take the plunge? Um, should he not? And is there a benefit to coaching a national team? Do you think we'll get, get much from Benny in that particular setting? First of all, since you don't want me to speak about Pirates in relation to Sundowns, I want to speak about Pirates in relation to Amazul. The amount of donations that Orlando Pirates have made yes. that Amazulu have used as the building blocks towards their success. Shame on everyone who, who runs Orlando Pirates. I mean, even even like the coaching staff, Nimbus, Chuck, uh, like Sebangonomveti, Monique Josephs, Benny McCarthy. These are guys who at one point or another played at Orlando Pirates, right? Mm-hmm. And the players that you mentioned. Memela, Memela, Memela. I don't even want to speak about Memela. Memela, every time I've seen Memela on a football pitch, on his team, he is the best central midfielder and the best winger all at the same time. He for me and 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 the season that he had with Pirates last season, I could I could not believe my eyes when I saw him turn out in in, in, in the white and green of Amazul. But all of that is to say that Benny has actually done a phenomenal job leading this Amazulu team to where they are. I mean, in nineteen games in charge, he has he has uh, accumulated more points, forty four points if I'm not mistaken, more points than they have ever in their history of the PSL in a full season in 19 games and this includes when the PSL was 34 games long Amazulu have never cracked 42 points in their history and in 19 games under Benny McCarthy they are on 44 points and that is down to the coach right because when he when he took over the team they only had what seven points in six games and now they are there really making a goal against Sundowns which some which is something the other teams in the league have not done and then we are led to believe that those exploits have 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 attracted the attentions of Safa, right? And they and and it's rumors, as you say at the moment, it's unconfirmed. They've either offered him the job or they're thinking about it. But the idea of Benny McCarthy coaching Bafana Bafana is out there. Should he take the job? Absolutely, he should absolutely take the job. He doesn't need the money. Right, although Bafana Bafana pays way more than Amazulu, obviously, but he doesn't need the money, and he can lead Amazulu to the title. Um, but sometimes we'll be back with Avengers next season. Orlando Pirates, you think, will will make good decisions? Um, or Kaiser Chiefs, <laughs> they are far from the top, but anything can happen G- very quickly. G- uh, those 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 teams who have the ability to, 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 to catch up will be there again. And does Benny McCarthy want to have the slog of trying to keep Amazulu there? Because you would think as well that his team is going to get picked apart by teams who are able to pay better, um, to be quite frank. By who, Jay? Because Benny is coaching forgotten men. Oh, much you love. He's another player. Well, yeah, they're under the pirates. spotlight now. And you, 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 have, you have watched South African football where a team like Pirates or Chiefs would play a game against um, a, a, an opponent, obviously. And if there is a player who is good on the day, they go and sign that guy. So, Jay, remember we had this conversation, Jay, and two questions, where we were saying, wouldn't it be nice if West Ham got, got into the Champions League? Like yeah. we saw Ilesta win the league, all these underdog stories, they're nice and they're good. I'm also just trying to be like an underdog and go all the way. If they don't do it this season, you're thinking it stands them. Uh, they, they stand a better chance to try and, and do it in the next season because one they've got. They don't penny. do it this season, Chuck. They're not going to do it. Well, mommy, like you mentioned, one they've got penny for a full season. Two, there's there's some players where 
Uma Limpopo, Lepaz or whatever, who have never been this close or this high up in the league and they don't know what to do with the pressure. Maybe coming together as a group and playing together, they would have gelled more and Benny can squeeze a little bit more out of them, right? You think, you're saying to me, I pay Laiba Fana? Because Benny has to work a so, miracle. I know what Amazon have not, have not broken for you two points, ne? but with Bafana and where they are now. So you, you, you are saying that he should stay for a season. He should not take wait. He should not take the Bafana job. The Bafana job is not going to be available at the end of next year. You you would think. I must think could take a coach. Do we have to appoint someone permanent? I I believe that they do because Bafana Bafana have World Cup qualification coming up soon, and I don't think you'd want to go into that campaign with a caretaker manager. You actually want someone who has a vision long term um, and is is, is, is in charge of the team full on. If Project 2022 failed dismally the way it has, especially on Bafana's end, as you so highlighted to me earlier, our expectations are low, Jay. If we fail to qualify Yeah, but you don't, Cup, you don't just give up on World Cup qualifiers, Chuck, because you fail to qualify for AFCON. But, okay, do, do you want to open up exposed young Frank Lampard? Two of his players, Uti, was not ready. He skipped a step. So, what, what, what are your... What are, your, what are your misgivings about Ben McCarthy taking the Bafana Bafana job? One, I'd like him to contribute a little, a little bit more to the PSL and then go straight to the to the to the hot seat here by fine, the national team, because I also believe Wuti, it's a whole different animal. Not because it's it's necessarily that much harder, but it's different resources, different targets, and different goals, right? Because who's to say Wuti? Uh, 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 I, 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 let me rather say this. I guarantee you now, Jomba Opusi Bakala for years and years and years, Wuti. Whenever we're playing Afcon qualifiers or whenever we're at the Afcon. You never pick Sundowns players. But when we play friendlies or we're playing in Le Kosafa, you pick by players. Who's to say what the Paris players and Sundowns players won't force their way into Benny's squad? Who's to say Benny's got free range to say what I want players from Ilamonville Golden Arrows? I want players from Mecca Galaxy. Who's to say he's going to get that, that privilege? We don't know. But with what he has now, let Benny McCarthy con- continue and enjoy his success thus far. Give the PSL another season because it's good to have number one, Jay, a two, a two horse race. Dallas Shaw is Sundowns, Nabine. If we have another another team pushing them, as you're saying, we are hoping the Chiefs in Paris get their act together and push Sundowns as well. If there's another team who's got like a different way of playing and are, 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 are fresh out, out of out of the box in terms of who they are, because we're not expecting them to, to be all the way up there, let Benny McCarthy do that. Do that. Let's not interrupt and talk about Benny McCarthy because do we have to have someone permanent? If we are in a part-time basis here for the Afcons, because Jay, say we don't qualify. Whereas South African football is suffering. It's a breath of fresh air. So here's the thing. If the Bafana Bafana job does not work out, he can always come back to the PSL. And I know this because I saw Pizzo Misamani do it. Pizzo Misamani was the coach of Supersport, was successful in the Cups with Supersport. He leaves Supersport. Um, he joins the national setup as an assistant coach. And then he ends up as the Bafana coach. And as it tends to happen with Bafana coaches, it ends disastrously, right? He comes back into club football and he goes to manage Mamelodi Sundowns. And we know what happened in, in, in his time with Mamelodi Sundowns. So... Benny McCarthy, if he goes to Bafana Bafana, there is, for me, there is, there, there, there is very little room for abject failure. Because if he fails with Bafana, no one was expecting that anyone is going to come in and fix the Bafana situation. Literally, you are, you, 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 you are, you are playing with house money. But you, 
That's nine to, can it I is, touch it it there? There's nothing that's going to ruin. It's not going to ruin his legacy to begin with as a coach. It's not going to ruin even his career as 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 a coach because unless unless you are already a big name coach and then you come and 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 you get paid lots of money like it happened with the Brazilians who were coaching us during the the, the time of the World Cup 2010. Unless yeah. that happens, then then it, it it reflects badly on you. But the Bafana Bafana situation is bad. Literally, the only way for Bafana to go is up because they're at rock bottom. And if there was ever a time where you wanted to take on a job like the national team uh, co- coaching job, in, just in terms of the coaching job itself, I'll get to suffer in a moment, is now. Because if you lose, that's already what they were doing. And it's like, oh, okay, no, this is an untenable situation. And there is absolutely no one who can figure it out. I tried my hand and I, I, I couldn't do it. Just like the other guys who came before me. And no one is going to look at you sideways saying, well, you were supposed to do better than them. Because no one has done better in this job. So he can then come back to either an Amazul or wherever it is where, where, where there's an availability. I, I promise you now, the Pirates job is going to be available one of these, one of these good days. The Chiefs job as well, it might also become available. And if Benny steps down then from the Bafana job, if it didn't go well, and there's the opportunity to coach one of those, te- one of those teams, hey, now he's got an opportunity to, to revive a giant. So I honestly think it's a win-win for him. The only thing I hate about this is that these rumors, and, I, and, and I'm almost certain that these rumors come from Safa themselves because they're just a, a, a marabound organization. The fact that they're coming now when Amazulu are doing what they're doing. It's a bit like um, the, the the situation with Lepetegui when mm. he was taking Spain to, to, to the World Cup and then the news broke that he was hired by Real Madrid and then he was fired mm. as a result. You know, um, you would hope that it is not something that infiltrates the Amazulu dressing room. It's not something that is, is, is distracting them and it's something that they have to continue speaking about. They're asking the coach, are you staying? Are you going? Because they've loved having him around obviously you can see on the sidelines um every time they get a positive result they've won eight out of their last nine games every time they they put one of those across it's it's a good time over there you know and you don't want to miss with with that with, with that chemistry and i hate the fact that that these news have broken at this particular point in time but my reasoning for saying that benny should take the job is because it's a win-win because if he is successful with bafana he then has international acclaim and he can go further and, 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 and higher in his career than what he can just coaching the Amazul. I'm going to dip into the Bible, go on scriptures. Hit me. The prophet Nathan said to David, Uti, here's an analogy. Tell me what you would do. There was a man who had plenty of sheep and wanted to get a sheep to host uh, uh, his guests and he took a neighbor's sheep, a neighbor who only had his one and only sheep, took that instead of the main that he had and had his celebration what do you think should be done to that man and David will say that man should be killed that man is wrong why must Bafana take the one and only good thing about Yamazul and take it for themselves whereas Sundowns have got three first team coaches in, 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 the, in one club three first team coaches they've got a plethora of players why don't they take Mangabam Nit no because the league will be better off for that Jay Sundowns will not miss a step because you're already in the control league why take the one thing that Amazulu has going the one Bryce Park in the PSL that isn't Sundowns why must we take Upin those guys have been candidates for years and years and years. They've been doing a good job for years and years. Open your fingers again. Why Benny? Why not them? I because, know it's a rumor. Why not them? Because, Chuck, those three individuals are coaching Sundowns. Sundowns as an institution, Sundowns as, as a well-oiled machine 
is something where any good coach, any good coach could come in there and if they do not completely change around the things that Pizzo Musimani had instituted at, 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 at Mamelodi Sundowns, they were going to be exactly where the three guys are. I mean, kudos to them. Uh, they've done a good job, obviously, because they are at the helm, you know. But when away from Sundowns, right, when Rulani, when Rulani was at Orlando Pirates and when he was a cheaper for like five seconds, we saw what happened. When wait, when 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 Steve Compella, prior to him arriving at, at Sundowns, we saw what happened at Golden Arrows, and we saw how it ended at Kaiser Chiefs. Mangobamunti has been has been in this situation with Pizzo for a long time, but with him as well, prior to coming to Sundowns, he was fired in his last job. So away from away from the privilege of Sundowns, away from the cushion of Sundowns, away from from everything that makes Mamelodi Sundowns Mamelodi Sundowns. These coaches, we have not seen them perform the kind of things that in the short time that Benny has coached Yamazulu has done. So in terms of what, it, what it, because the question you are basically asking me is what is the more impressive coaching job? It's obviously Benny McCarthy at Amazon than the three guys at, at, at Sundowns. That is the more impressive coaching job. So obviously you're going to go for the more impressive candidate. No, Jay, here's what I'm saying. Number one, Mangoba is is, is, is is a key member of Sundowns. For me, Pizzo Musimani's success is tied in with involvement. Mangobamniti did a stellar job in Golden Arrows. We all know that, number one. Number two, if, if, if you were to take it from the, from the player's mouth, uh, certain Bongani Zungu was saying, that's the guy who was giving us tactical advice. That's the guy who led us to being the sundowns that we are, not Pizzo. Fine, that didn't go down well, and there had to be apologies and all that. But Bongani said, I swear, this is the guy because coach. Fine, he was not successful at Paris. Ne? But to be honest with you, what Rani was doing is what Utesa was doing, was what Tinkler was doing. I feel that the best possible squad, the results are just not coming. Rulani is not a Zimbabwe. Rulani is much better than, Zim, than, than Zimbabwe. If you put him now in charge of Pirates, he'll do better than Zimbabwe. So Zimbabwe so won a title at Pirates, and, and, and Rulani didn't. Ah, uh, but because Zimbabwe had a longer time, number one. And two, I couldn't tell you what I'm saying. back and forth. So I couldn't tell you what I'm saying. You make a case for that match. What I'm saying is oh, there's no oh. case to be made that Rulani is better than Zimbabwe. Mamela, Che. Mamela, Mamela. Well, according to Bongani Zungo, he's, he, he's, what, he's a key fi- fi- figure in, in shaping, shaping Mamela. Bongani Zungo is the guy we want, to, we want to be taking our lead from, really? Yes, he's, he's a player. Okay. And he says he's got other players to vouch for him. They just weren't brave enough to say what he said. You know, Kulmambo said, the Scotland, man, he's got nothing to lose. He was at France back then. But anyway, here's my point, Jay. Oguchi, if, if you're saying that Pizzo Musimani's team, or rather the, the, the principles that he instilled at Sundowns, are so well orchestrated and they run like a well-oiled machine, which anyone with his uh, uh, weight in gold would not disrupt that. But keep paying and yet get someone who's decent enough. Fagano Hunt, a coach, and let the Sundowns train keep rolling on. But these guys have a proven track record in, on the continent, a proven track record in the PSL. Chuck, They've are, you won the, are you of why the opinion you? that they are better candidates than Benny McCarthy? I'm saying, or why, it's why just a matter of Uti, if, you, if you're going to disturb a situation, disturb the Sundowns situation over the Amazulu situation. It's both. Because my thing is this. You cannot be guided by that to make a coaching appointment. No, no, but you cannot like, man, man. make a coaching appointment on the basis that, well, they'll do better without their coaches. Let's take their coaches, even though it's you believe you believe that the best candidate is the one who's coaching Amazon. You're not going to veer off your points. best candidate and go for guys you are not actually aiming to to bring in and coach the national team just because. Jay, well, there's a feel good points. story at Amazon. That's one of two points. The second point is this: Jay, which is Sundowns where they are now, African champions, back to back league champions, and the cups that. 
Mangawa Mngiti was there. Rulani was there. Okompela is a credible coach. Why not get those people to coach? Why have you have not heard those names? Because they saying? are not the best candidates, Chuck. So it's sometimes Gunaganja and all these things. How, how are you not the best candidates? With I all have these just trophies? told you. You saw Pizzo Misumani coaching Sundowns for seven years in all those seven years they finished top two in the league and in all in all those years that he was coaching Mamelodi Sundowns did not not once did they finish without a trophy in the season as much as you want to say yeah sure and as much as Zungu wants to say what he's what he's saying as well that Mangobamngati is tied to it even Sir Alex Ferguson had assistant coaches we know that Sir Alex Ferguson by the admission of his own players was not the one who was giving out tactical advice he was more a man manager he was he was the heart and soul of those teams but everyone credits the success of Manchester United to the guy who was at the head of that train Sir Alex Ferguson but as we don't much have a contrast to United we don't know what United looked like without uh, Ferguson because his backroom staff also left so you can't say the Ferguson Hambila Basala lab the guy that the guy that Oli got back is the reason why United are challenging again. Chuck, prior to Pito Misumani coming to Sanan, Sanan's were in tenth position. Pito Misumani, yeah, but there was sure. At that time. Yeah, there was sure, Mangoba, at that time. has 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 a hand in 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 everything that's good that's happened with with Mamelodi Sanan. It's still happening. But the head of that, but the author of that is Pito Misumani. And they still they haven't they haven't missed a step. Because this is still Pito Misumani's team. Essentially, this is still Pito Misumani's team. And because Mangoba when Pito Misumani so, because Mangoba, Mangoba prior to Pito, no, prior That's to Pito a, a, a leaving, no, signing. that is a Musimani signing. What are you talking about? Because prior to prior to him leaving and actually making that final that he's joining Al Akhl, he made these signings that are now playing for Mamelodi Sundowns. And even without even without Pito, even with, even without any coaches, those players were going to come to Sundowns because we know the situation in Sundowns. Like they are the best paying team in the league, and it, it, the, the the other guys like Alex Shakwan, who is. Who, who is still at Sanders were was going to make those signings. So you cannot look at we don't know what Mangoba we, we know what Mangoba has done with Eloy Golden Arrows. And that was a, a million years ago. That is not to say Mangoba is not a good coach. But in comparison to Penny McCarthy, when Safa are looking at the at, at the two candidates, their best candidate is the guy who's working miracles. Literally but miracles the in at you, that's what I'm titles. saying. You are arguing for the fact, Uti. No, there's a full good story at Amazulu. Don't, no, no, don't, don't take away that. from Amazulu it's, it's one what, of what two is points. happening with I'm not saying that's them. the main cause. I said that's one of two points. You choose to latch onto that. I'm saying it's one of two points. No, the main point is the fact the that you want to hire the best candidate. Why are you ignoring the guys who are winning cups? Who then? is the best candidate? You are the saying. The ones who are winning cups, no? Chuck. No? <laughs> no. They're, so they're not the best coaching uh, department in, in South Africa. Chuck, they're not. We don't actually know that because their coaching is sent down. You want to get away Mang- from the fact that Mang- they're Mang- about to coach a team to the four, to a fourth consecutive title three prior to that, not with, not with them as the head coaches. Chuck, you cannot get away from the fact that they are coaching in Sundowns. They are, they are doing this at East Sundowns. I'm a, I'm a no, Sundowns okay. fan, but I'm realistic about this. Sundowns are where they are because of the fact that they have, they, they have finances and they, and, and, and they have abilities that not the other teams have. None of the other teams can do the things. Sundowns can put out two teams in the PSL and both of them would finish in the top eight. And, it, and, and I can tell you now, regardless of which of the coaches in the PSL is coaching them, they would all lead them to top eight finishes. Maybe not the very top because these guys are, the, are, are that good that they are, the, they are propelling them to number one. But as I'm saying, even if Pizzo came back this season, he was going to win the, the league. If they hired Hunt with what he's doing at, at, at Kaiser Chiefs, I promise you, Mamrodi Sundowns would be in the title hunt. Here's the thing, Jay. It's a, it's a, it's a thing where 
That guy took over a job in a crawl and was basically winning off um seven crawl. It and really is though. No, the difference is that Mangoba was there from the inception. He's not taking over from Oputo and then for continuing. He was there now. Like, there is no way you're if just Mangoba, saying if Mangoba was hired with nothing all the time. That is not what I'm saying. I am saying to you, Uti, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are giving him far too much credit, which belongs to Pizzo Misimani. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you no, no, no. exactly this, that the best candidate for the Bafana job in terms of South African coaches is Pito Musimani. But Pito Musimani is not interested in the job or Safa are not going after him. And the next best candidate, as per Safa, they've chosen Penny Makati. They haven't chosen Penny Makati because they want to deter Amazul from what they're doing. If they have, if they have chosen, that if, in, in their search, they've narrowed it down to the best candidate for the job is that guy. So if you if what you are telling me is that Ben McCarthy is not the best candidate for the job, that's a totally di- different conversation. Because the question was like, should he take it? And you were saying that maybe he shouldn't take it, partly because he's not the guy for the job. The guys for the job are the three guys who are coaching. Is Sundowns? I mean, my thing is a this, dominant Sundowns. This Sundowns team is the most Pep, dominant Pep, team Jay, in PSL Pep, history. Pep took over from Rijkaard. Pep took over Manchester City. Pep took over Ipai and he found it rain a you and made it better. Who's to say Uti Omangawa didn't do that? I am saying that right now. I'm sitting across ah, you, telling yeah. you right now, Oguti, the architect no of Sundowns' success is Piso Misman with what? the help of Omangawa Mniti. That's all I need to know, Chip, because Omangawa is still there, the trainer, but not Uma- off the tracks. Chuck, what it's I'm saying to you, over into, into he was there. His yeah, is Sandra, Yes, and even now, Mangoba is not running Sandra's by himself. He's got two other guys, and Bafana Bafana are not going to hire three guys. Like Sundowns, yeah, have three coaches, but Bafana Bafana are not going to have three coaches. So if they have to hire to one coach, can't. you got. <laughs> but here's what I'm but saying. But they Jay. wouldn't. I'm just no saying, one else would except for his Sundowns. Here's my point, Jay. We're hearing Penny McCarthy. Good, he's a candidate. Sharp. The rumors are there. Why have those names not been put up? Because now Bayer win. That's that's now that's my only thing. Uchi. One, they get to go into the, into the Bafana job and not affect Wait, the PSL. Why would see those names have not been put up? Like it's it's been a coaching search, and in the it's in 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 the search to hire a coach. If the rumors are to be believed, they have come to Upeni McCarthy, and you are saying that is the wrong decision. I'm not saying it's the wrong decision. I'm saying why have not why have they not con- con- considered other candidates? Because no, Chuck, this is what I'm saying. Why yeah, would you they, say they haven't considered other candidates? Because yeah. because because Joshua, we haven't seen the list of people that they've been considering. And the only name that we've heard is Upeni Makati. Yeah, no, no one knows the list. We're all talking about what we've heard as a rumor. And that's what we're going off. This whole story is all based off a rumor. Nothing is concrete. So what I'm saying is that if we were to hear other names, other voices, it would make sense for me because one, you're not, you're not, you're not breaking away. You're not, you're not messing up the PSL ways. It's going to be a one horse race. Why, why? Keep McCarthy in that thing to keep the PSL competitive because if the PSL keeps being competitive, I'd rather McCarthy and get a cheese or a Paris or a Super Sport, whatever, than to go to a Bafana where the PSL as a brand is improving and the people who are winning cups in the PSL go to Bafana based off the merit that they did in your Sundowns. I'm really close because guaranteed Sundowns have got the resources, the, the resources, the money, the players to do whatever they're doing. Because they're all locally based. So you're advocating for the league? Um, for both because I'm saying here's a win-win situation. If you take those guys, it's a win-win because... If you want Ben McCarthy to stay in the league, as I'm saying, because you're advocating for the league. And I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think that Ben McCarthy should go to Ibafana Bafana because um, I definitely think he's going to prove, improve Ibafana Bafana. But I think with Ubeni specifically, when he was a player... He was a guy who took no nonsense from Safa. And one of the things that a, a, a Bafana Bafana coach 
needs to have is they need to be able to stand their ground against Isafa. And he needs to have autonomy over his his job and how he wants to do his job. And based on that a candidate's history with the organization, which is Isaf, Benny McCarthy, as I'm saying, as a player, was 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 a leader in that front. And if Safa wanna get into bed with him, it's because they recognize that this is exactly what they're gonna get as a coach, maybe even tenfold. And if 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 that is the Benny who's 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 actually gonna take the job, I think even on that he actually makes sense to take the Bafana job. And then, I mean, I believe if our if our league becomes more competitive, our league becomes stronger. Bafana benefits from that. But if we wanna make it a, a one horse race, let's do like Spain did. Bakete Real Madrid Barcelona and they went went to win the Euros in the World Cup. Ask it in Sundowns, yeah. If, we, if we're really trying to get Bafana to be strong, because that's the one thing that's, fire, that's firing on all cylinders. But if we're trying to have a win-win situation where we are thinking long-term, because obviously Amal World Cup qualifiers, they are important, and we must get Bafana going again, and I'll give up on them. But if we're trying to kill two birds with one stone, keep Benny in the league. Get the other guys who are winning, who are going to go and coach Bafana and not have the league miss a, a step. Let's improve on both fronts if possible, because... Junakani's theory has always been with if Chiefs are good, if Pirates are good, if Sundowns are good, and we, and we can contend in, in Africa, Bafana will be good. But if we keep then breaking that model, who wins Sundowns, wire, wire. Let's have Sundowns players in the national team. That's not going to happen. So, they've, they've proven what they can win. So, what I'm saying is that if I'd hear other names besides Benny, I'd be happy. Benny can coach Bafana, but not now. That's, that's my case. He's if the job is available the for Benny, I believe Benny should take it because, as I said, while you're advocating for, 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 for the PSR and you make great points in, 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 in that regard, in terms of Benny McCarthy's career, there's, there's no benefit to him staying in the PSL in terms of if he wants, if he has ambitions to go coach overseas or if there are bigger jobs on the continent, if he wants to do that as well. The best opportunity, the route that will, will lead him to 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 actually seeing those 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 ideas come to pass is if he's Bafana coach because there is a greater limelight on being the national coach of Bafana Bafana than being a a club coach of one of the teams in the PSL. So while the PSL may benefit from Benny being in it, Benny can benefit much more from being the coach of Bafana Bafana, and that's that's what I think on that matter. So Benny can benefit. Marissa Faimia, I guess that we as a country can benefit. Let's, let's go over to Gambia. If I'm Benny, I'm actually even like petitioning Safa to come get me. For you, Niji. Because I want to advance my career. <laughs> I see it. I see it. But I'm just saying to Benny. Come get me. It was. That's what I'm going to be in the 18 areas. Come on, get Bafana. And the whole progression of the league. So there's a different Benny look. It's low in the 18 area, boy. It's in the manager's stand. But anyway, let's go to betting, Jay. Let's go to betting. Betting From the first day that we saw him on the one, and to this day, ah, that man, a man is an institution in, in South African football. Shem. It's key. Um, yeah, Jay, we'll make a disclaimer, boy, because you know me. Yeah, we are about to give you guys our betting tips, 10 of them, five from me, five from, from Chuck, for the weekend that we are going to. Uh, the disclaimer again is gambling can be addictive, so please do so responsibly. Only play with money that you can afford to lose, and yeah, please if if you do get addicted, Ningas five. Chuck, yeah, yeah, my five, my five. <laughs> so the betting tips I gave last week, they all actually came through for the first time 
in 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 recorded history. So let's see if we can keep that going and actually give people even even better tips. So what do you have for your five tips for upcoming weekend? I have got three EPL. I've got one La Liga and one Bundesliga. Um, Leicester City versus Newcastle. I've got Leicester City to win that game and over two and a half goals in that match. Um, I've got Leeds versus Tottenham and I have Tottenham to score in both halves. I don't know what the results will be because I feel it's going to be an open game and Tottenham are good on the counter. And I think Leeds may tire in the second half to give them an opportunity. So Tottenham to score both halves. Then I've got the game that Jay didn't want to touch because it could go anywhere. City versus Chelsea. I am going Chelsea for the win and over one and a half goals. Chelsea for the win. I'm thinking that um, the from the Champions League and regardless of which final doesn't come again next week, but it's, there's a couple of weeks before the final, he is still going to rotate. That is Ukwadiola. And if Chelsea could beat a full-strength City side, why not this rotated side? Um, and then we've got Real Madrid versus Sevilla. So there's four uh, contenders for the title race. It is Atletico, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Sevilla, or maybe Sevilla fell, fell away. But if Sevilla beat Real Madrid, maybe they're backing them with a chance. But I don't quite think they've got the firepower to finish them off. I think they'll end in a draw. And then lastly, in the Bundesliga, um, I've got uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Leipzig. And just going for Dortmund win and under four and a half goals in that fixture. Jay, over to you. Cool. So I have Liverpool against Southampton. Southampton straight win for Liverpool under four and a half goals. Arsenal against West Brom straight win for Arsenal and, and under four and a half goals as well. The Juve versus Milan game over in Italy. I've got both teams to score. And the Bayern Munich and Mushin Gladbach game, I've got Bayern or a draw. And the only reason I say that is because uh, Gladbach have a massive victory in their last game. So Bayern or a draw and over 1.5 goals. And then I've got over in Ligue 1, the Farmers League. Lyon and over 1.5 goals against a 17th placed Lorient. Huh. Cool. Um, so, guys, hit us up on our social media. Um, Jay will give you the handles just now. Let us know. Um, maybe you guys won't please over the Mourinho thing, but is Mourinho to Roma a good appointment? Do you want to see Benny McCarthy in a Bafana hot seat? And lastly, is Iglesias out or not? Yeah, guys, um, you can find us on the socials um, at Two Upfront Pod on, on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you'll find me at j underscore mzulu you can find chuck at chuck two up on twitter from the team at two up front we audi will be back next week hopefully with two episodes actually so watch the space (laughs) 